A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. We are the younger generation. We are the ones who are going to be affected, and therefore we demand justice. When do we want justice? When do we want it? Podstrike. Podcast supporting the global climate strike. Everyone should mobilize for the 20th of September because this is a global issue which actually affects everyone. We are all in the same boat, so everyone should be concerned about this. I'm striking because if we don't fight for our future now, soon we won't have a future left to fight for. I support the climate strikes to push climate leaders to act for a brighter future for everyone. I'm joining the strikes because I believe it's time to resist and to take charge of the future that belongs to us, not to the fossil fuel companies. I'm joining the climate strikes to seek equality for the next generation. We need you to be a part of it because we need every age involved. Young people have been leading here, but now it's the job of the rest of us to back them up. This shouldn't be the children's responsibility because now the adults also need to help us. So we are calling for them to strike from their work because we need everyone. There is nothing we can't do. And I mean, if not you should do it, then who else? And if, if not we should do it now, then when, when should we do it? This podcast is part of Podstrike, supporting Greta Thunberg and the young people behind the global climate strike on the 20th of September. For more information, head to globalclimatestrike.net. Hello, and welcome to Your Book, the podcast for literary nosy parkers. I'm Daisy Buchanan, your host and the author of The Sisterhood, A Love Letter to the Women Who Shaped Me. If you're on the Kent coast, come and buy it from the Margate Bookshop, my lovely local. This has been the week that the Testaments came out and I nearly had a serious and embarrassing accident after being startled by a truly frightening handmade mannequin in the window of Smith's Travel at Euston Station. Also this week, we have yet another fabulous guest for you. The novelist, comedian, actor, presenter, the host of the Older and Wider podcast and grumpy old woman, Jenny Eclair. Jenny's fifth novel, Inheritance, was published by Sphere last month. 
It's the story of Belle, her complicated relationship with her adoptive family and the spell of Kitchiwake, the Cornish mansion that has a strange pull on guests past and present, despite or perhaps because of its connections with mystery and tragedy. I loved Inheritance because I love books about families, especially family stories where love isn't a given, tenderness is complicated, loyalty makes life painful, and people who are expected to love each other struggle even to like each other. Jenny talked about her favourite genre of literature, also mine, Push People Behaving Badly, about the health issues that have changed the way she reads, listening to books at bedtime with her partner Jeff, and how her daughter has influenced her literary habits. So, okay, so we're sitting on my sofa and I have given you my cracked iPad um, to show you my Audible library because of my dry eye syndrome, which is the dullest disease in the world, and I'll very quickly tell you about it. Dry eye is something that's very common in women in uh, menopause years. It comes like that and it doesn't go away and it's a drag. And it means my eyeballs dry out very, very quickly. And when they dry out, I find small print very difficult. So um, I save all my eye juice and writing for my work I work in a font size 20. I don't know what you're in. Wow. 20 well, is yeah, quite... Yeah, it's big, um, isn't it? So, also, that's great because you must look at it and think, I've got loads. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm pages <laughs> in. Um, so uh, most of my leisure reading is now on the iPad as Audible. So and Audible's just, you know, gone through the roof. How long can you write for? Does it depend on the day? Or? Oh, no, I can write for hours. I mean, you know, I was told by Morfields not to sort of think that I was going blind or anything like that. It's not that. It's a discomfort thing. It's, I think it's probably as bad as people with very bad hay fever. Um, and you can have a procedure that helps for about 10 months, but it's very expensive. Anyway, I'm saving up. But we've just got to buy a new car because somebody wrote ours off and blah, blah. It's so dull. Okay. But uh, you get used to stuff, don't you? And I do drops and I do things and it's all all right. I mean, everybody, by the, I'm nearly 60, you know, things start to go wrong. And, um, you know, lots of people are dead by this age, so you just kind of get on with it. So I... At the moment, um, Jeff and I, uh, the, Jeff and I, Jeff's my partner, we have a book that we go to bed with. We have a bedtime story. It's what happens when you've been together for 36 years. Oh, I think that's lovely. I've tried that with producer Dale and he's having none of it. Really? really, It's a very difficult thing to do. You have to find your crossover in the Venn diagram of books you can both bear. But we actually, um, we're both really enjoying Sweet Sorrow by David Nichols because... It's, I mean, it's a book that I think appeals to women in particular, but um, it's very funny. And it's very, very well done by Roy Kinnear, who's acting up a storm in it. So you're getting kind of more for your buck, I think. With That doesn't happen with every Audible book, but I think the David Nichols is a, a case in sort of, you know, you're getting a treat on Audible. Because I love Sweet Sorrow. I would... Um... I read it, but I, now you're making me want to listen to it too. But it's that very, very clever evoking of nostalgia, but also something, that bittersweet part of it. And remembering the past is an imperfect time. And I think it's one of the best party scenes I've read in ages when they're all around I'm the pool. I'm not there. I'm sorry, not there sorry, yet. sorry. Don't sorry. Do that. <laughs> We've only just started it. But I, because I've sort of come from a vaguely theatrical background on the floor, dying, she's just put a glass of water on my sofa and it'll go over. Um, I, I really like the language of the, the sort of, um, you know, the, the ghastly theatrical... Mm. Uh, um, it's like an Amdram company for young people. That is really making me laugh. And it's showing, you know, because David Nichols was an actor himself. Also on the go, I've got uh, Expectation, which I think is probably aimed more at your generation than mine. But I really like it. It's possibly having the three women and Expectation and all of those different 
the, the flipping and the waiting and there seems to be it's more it's rounded very, for yeah me. more rounded more subtle more complicated i'm worried about dale like he's standing up <laughs> that's all right um, and i think he should sit down. Sit down do you want to just drag a chair over yeah. We'll right. shout until you get back. <laughs> Thank you. Um, this is a beautiful chair. I stole it from Bristol Old Vic. <gasps> really? Oh, yeah, they, these used um, to be the seats in the studio at Bristol Old Vic, and they were getting rid of them all. Beautiful. It's, it's, it's got like an amazing bright yellow, like a bright. New York taxi cab colour, just because yeah. they're... Oh, they we're not see. television, are no, we? They, in my head, everything's television. Um, and a, like a black... Is that... Um, it's a folder, probably 50s... Um, chair anyway it came from Bristol Old Vic and they were the seats for the studio and they've had a refurb they were getting rid of them all and I I was on tour and I was doing Bristol Old Vic and unfortunately between two of us me and my tour manager we could only fit that one in the car so there we go skipping back to um Sweet Sorrow I wanted yeah. to ask did you do much Amdram before you went fully uh, dram? No darling I'm proper I'm trained <laughs> you know I'm highly trained I went to drama school I could have been um, but before before drama school in your in your youth no 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 uh, but this is, I mean, they're not really an Amdram. They're a, a young people's theatre company called Four Fathom Five. Let's so <laughs> just say it's, in, it's toe curlingly, uh, you know, comedically grotesque, which is great. You know, I come from a, a, a drama school background. I don't come from an academic background whatsoever. I don't have a degree. So here we've got Fleischman is in trouble, which I've not read yet and I'm desperate to read. Is it? I don't like it. You don't like it? Oh, what don't you like about it? No one ever says it. I love it when people say that. Um, I, well, I'm going to go back to it, but I started it last week and I just got irritated by him and I just don't think I was in the mood for it. So I, everybody's raving about it. I will go back to it. I'm not writing it off. Um, it just wasn't my cup of tea last week. Do you think that with an audiobook, they're sort of more, you've got to be in the mood for something more. Possibly. Voices, uh, but it's well done. It's nothing to do with the voice. Uh, occasionally the voices do annoy me. But um, I just, it's, it's, at the, at the beginning is a lot about sex and I'm not really very interested. And it just goes on a bit and I just, I don't know. It's just not a life that I know very much mm. about and I, or very interested in. That makes sense, and I wonder whether, when you hear someone speaking it, it's much harder to sort of to fit yourself in somehow yeah. than it is if it's just words on a page. Yes. Not just a half a theory, I don't know. Well, <laughs> uh, well, I'll give it. I, I'm going to give it another go because it is getting, you know, all the attention and people saying it is the book of the summer. Do you think that's there's what I'm ever I want an my element book to of be the book of the summer? I don't want his book to be the. Everybody, Actually, who um, is it? Taffy. It's a girl, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I don't want her book and to be the book of the summer. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, oh, you know, we must support women in literature. No, um, we will come to this, but obviously, um, the inheritance by Jenny Eclair should be the book of the summer because it's excellent. It's really, it's even though it's a big heavy hardback and I have read it, I might take it on holiday when I go and then, because I can see people, you know, sometimes there is a book that really gets passed around the pool yeah. and you know exactly where, what people are reading and where they're up to because of the way they gasp and laugh and kind of wrinkle their faces in yeah. shock. Yeah. Well, there are a couple of moments where it does sort of turn a bit and, you know, and people go, yeah, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. Have you ever um, read any John Niven? Yes. You see, I think he's hilarious. Uh, that's another that Jeff and I share. Oh. Um, we really laugh at John Niven. I've got quite a sort of bleak, dark 
humour thing going on. And John Niven is repulsive. I mean, his characters are the worst, and I really, really enjoy them. That straight white male, which is the... Um, it's not his most recent, but that's the most recent one I've listened to. And he never fails to make me absolutely hoot. That's the, the sort of author that appeals to the stand-up side to me, the very sweary kind of uh, rock and rolly kind of drug-taking, heavy-drinking thing. And how do you and Jeff choose? Do you sort of... Does I one choose. of you say that you're the person I who... Choose. And how, I choose. I wouldn't the, trust is him. Is there anything <laughs> that you thought he'd love and he's just sort of gone, no, this is not for uh, me yeah, at all? Yeah, um, an American marriage. He, didn't, he couldn't get oh. into that, which I loved. I really, really... That's I, the one that won the, yeah, the Women's the, Prize. Yeah, yes, and it's a great book. Well, you've been a judge on that, haven't you? Were you a judge this year? It was year, years or? ago. It was years. It was one uh, Zadie Smith uh, won. What's that like? Because you must have... Um, my friend Dolly did it this year, and she said that she sort of... I think she nearly got the, the dry eye thing. <laughs> I think she read about 800 books yeah, or something. Yeah, it's exhausting. I mean, it really is. I mean, I would say... Because I've just done one for Helen Ledger's new Quick Prize, which is the Comedy Woman in Print. And Former guest. <laughs> I, I did struggle with the amount of reading with that, and I had to sort of blow things up. And oh, yeah, it was hard. I won't. I will refuse that again. I'm afraid. Well, that's when the book had come scratching <laughs> on my door. I know the bullets of people hounding you. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. No, I'm not going to do it. So there's lots of um, things here that I think are. Uh, here, I see. Um, after the end, which is the um, new Claire Macintosh, which is a real sort of heartbreaker. I mean, it's about. Um, you know, a parents and a very poorly child and a court case over, you know, uh, letting him die. It's, I think it's based on a real-life thing. Uh, but I, I'm fond of Claire McIntosh. I admire her. I think that she really, really fulfills a, a, a kind of niche for people, and I think people love her stuff. I've got some odd things on there as well. You know, An Unsuitable Woman was just a very... Oh, yes, um, yes. Cat Gordon isn't well-known or anything, but um, I love things about the Happy Valley sets. So this is, ah. you know, I, I mean, there are a few things that I will read over and over and over again. You know, if it's about badly behaved pe rich people, I'm kind of there. Oh, that is a strong, strong genre. Uh, yeah. How yeah. do you, have you, um, did you like uh, Edwison Auburn? What's it called? Oh, I, I, the Yes, I haven't read the novels, but I, um, because David Nichols did the screenplays, yes, didn't he? Uh, well, I was on tour and I find them found them really difficult to watch because I felt like a junkie I don't know whether you've got that thing where you start to feel like the character in the book and I started yeah. to feel really sick and not very well in hotel rooms and worry about how much I was drinking and that oh, sort that's of thing interesting because yeah. that bit where he is and that weird logic as well which um, you know I've the never taken logic. heroin but I can sort of yeah. relate to you where he's like well if I take all of my heroin now yeah. I won't have to take it later yeah. like, that makes sense <laughs> it doesn't make it just, sense the, the, that whole sequence of events and it was it made me really really feel anxious I had to sort of stop watching it but I think it's a great piece of work this is a fabulous book that I cannot recommend enough After the Party by Cressida Connolly do you know her? Oh, I've heard about that book. It's wonderful because it's it's um, about um, again posh people, thirties. Um, it's about a couple who who's been working abroad. They come home and live near her sister. And there, it's a little bit Mitford's. In Ooh. fact, it's very much Mitford's, and it's about how she accidentally falls in with Oswald Mosley's kind of clan. It's wonderful it really really that is sounds so, so far up, up my alley yeah I'll yeah i need cannot, an operation i cannot recommend that i I, th I think i know you would love that that sounds fantastic yeah 
Um, what did, can you remember the first book that you read where you sort of thought, whoa, this is for me? Like the first book that yeah, wasn't can. given to you that you um, found The L-Shaped Room by Lynn Reed Banks, which oh. I probably read when I was about 12 or 13. And it was about a single uh, girl getting pregnant, living in a sort of dodgy flat. And that was like my, the first adult book that kind of really hit home. You know, and I've re- always liked an element of that kitchen sinky sort of mm. thing. I like either rich people behaving badly or the seamy kind of life. I don't like nice people particularly leading uh, ordered, well-mannered lives. I think that's what I loved so much about The Inheritance because there is so much of that sort of, you know, sketchiness and the, all, you know, people doing absolutely dreadful things to each other and thinking, if I just put this veneer on top, if I tell myself everything's okay and that awful, awful, that character, Natasha and her marriage. Yeah. And that she's described all these awful things and then she said, you know, it was such a shock because, you know, she'd been so happily married and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ooh, no, that's what she's telling herself. But, ooh, yeah. it's... um. They're all deeply flawed people, and I think that that's, really? you know, that, that's what I write, though. You know, uh, other people don't. Um, so, you know, these would, all, all these books would be on shelves. Oh, and there's a pursuit of love. Oh, and you're rated by Amelia Fox. I bet that's lovely. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. I mean, you know, uh, An Old Filth, which is a great book by Jane Gardham. Yes, that's another of our joint nighttime readings. I think Jeff actually enjoyed it a bit more than I did. Oh, really? Yeah, well, it's a male um, narrator, mm. really. It's a, about an old man and his life. Um, it's, very, it's beautifully, beautifully written. I think Jane Gardam is one of my favourite ever Desert Island Discs guests. Oh, really? I, think hers I haven't is heard that one. Great. Um, I think this is right. I might have to check this, but her story is that she, because it was, you know, writing in the time when you had your single manuscript and, you know, obviously you didn't sort of email it to anyone and you had the one copy that's quite expensive to print. And so yeah. calling the publishers, and I think it was a children's book she'd written, and then saying, well, if you're not going to do it, can I have it back? And then just by chance, they looked at it and they said, oh, we'll give that stupid woman back a manuscript. And then, oh, well, there might be something here. Maybe we'll publish this. Really? But only because she called her day. It's, uh, I mean, I don't know how people used to write. I mean, we're so lucky nowadays, aren't we? With, I mean, because I do remember computers coming in. I mean, I, I got a computer to write my first book, which was a comedy book called um, The Book of Bad Behaviour in about 94, 93, 94. Uh, so, and that was when the Apple Mac had just come out. And you had to have a whole separate room for it. Well, more or less. I mean, it was, it was better than the PC. I mean, they always have been. I'm a Mac user. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember the publishers saying, you do have a word processor, don't you? And I went, yes, of course I do. <laughs> of course, I never did, but I got one. And, uh, you know, it, that was a whole new world. Because I just, before that, I'd had an electric typewriter. It was quite a fancy one. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't just a normal sort of tap, tap, mm. tap one. It was electric, so it was quite fast. And you could see the words coming up in a little dot matrix screen. It was, it was an odd little thing. I wish I had still had it because it would be such a weird thing now for younger writers to look at. I think my mum had... Well, I know my dad got a really posh electric typewriter. Yeah. And I remember it being kind of... Not quite being able to understand what the point of it was. Yeah, yes, but it didn't yeah, seem that yeah. different from a regular No, it wasn't, but it was a bit cleverer. <laughs> it, did, it did seem a bit fancier. What was it like, that writing that first book? Did you think... Did you grow up believing you would write novels one day or did you have to do a mental switch to kind of from well uh, the, the the first books weren't novels they um the first 
book came from um, being a stand-up and mm. having a reputation for being kind of quite wild. And so I was approached by Virgin at the time, had a publishing company, and they wanted a book about behaving badly. And it was just, I mean, literally, I, I don't think it was 50,000 words. It had loads of photos and stuff like that, lots of um, illustration. I mean, I wasn't, I was 34. So, I mean, I'd, I thought it was a huge deal. And I thought it was the most exhausting thing I'd ever do. Of course, I looked at it now, it looks like a pamphlet. <laughs> you know, it's just, there's barely anything in it at all. Um, and my own daughter's 30, she churned out a piece of rubbish like that. I'd go, oh, feed, come on. Um, <laughs> That was the first one. I didn't know at that point it would go to novels, mm. no, because in the at the same time I was doing quite a lot of radio drama, so mm. I was writing narrative uh, as radio comedy drama. Did it seem because I know sometimes have you been because people either compartmentalise and think, well, I can do that, that's easy, but I couldn't possibly do this other thing, or have you always been quite, well, no, if I can write, I can, I can write whatever. Things fell oddly into place just accidentally it, it all came from the stand-up I'd done a stand-up show called Dear, Dear Jenny Dear Julie which was with you know one of my best friends Julie Ballou and somebody came to see us in Edinburgh and said oh I think there's a radio series in this because Julie's Australian and I'm not so <laughs> we um we we wrote a comedy drama that was based on pen pal le- letters where I pretended to her that I was much more successful than I was. So she came over to stay and all that kind of thing. And so that, to get, we started writing together and from that we wrote another uh, quite successful radio series called On Baby Street, which did about four series, which was about three or four pregnant women down the same street, all in very different circumstances. And that, that ran for, yeah, quite a long time. Had some really big names in it, you know, like Kathy Burke and Francis Barber and Keith Allen and, oh, lovely um, Caroline Ahern, oh, you know, lovely yes. Caroline. Yeah, it was like a mad time. We were sort of, Julie and I couldn't believe our luck at sort of the, the people we had playing the parts. It was great. We're going to seek that out in the archive because that sounds really oh, good. I was always crop, cropping up on, um, you know, that... Uh, oh, four extra? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good to know. I get um, repeat fees for like 37p <laughs> every now and again. Um, I've just seen, I'm flicking down here, I've seen Stone Mothers. I'm Eric a big Erin Kelly fan. I think she's Another great. guest of the... I think she's underrated. I don't think she's as famous as she should be and I don't understand why not. It's uh, that book especially. I love the emotional complexity of it. That that was more of than you know, rather than kind of the and the terrible thing happened. Mm. It's about the the impact it has on people who are living. I just think she's really clever, and I think what's really brilliant about Erin Kelly is that she manages to completely change her voice with every book. Mm. They're so different. There's nothing that really that you go, oh, here she goes again with her usual thing. It's not because that must be very hard as well when you've had a lot of. And I think you know she has had books that you know have done really really well, yeah, and to not repeat that absolutely I mean I just think that um you know if I'd written he said she said and had the success she did with that I think I'd have taken three years off um but that's what I I mean I'm not a writer in the way that a lot of novelists are I cannot emotionally cope with starting another book again I really can't you know Inheritance I finished in about um April and I can't I wouldn't dream of trying to start another novel until 
maybe two years has passed. I can't. I'm not absolutely sure about this, and I can't remember who it is, which doesn't help. But it's either it's Anthony Trollope or it's Thomas Hardy or it's someone else who would do their, would always write religiously from like nine o'clock until five o'clock. And if they finished a book at quarter to five, they would start the next book. I think that's insane and horrible, and it makes me want to. Yeah, that makes me sweat. Griffin. There, well, there's, there's kind of, where's your celebration? Where's your yeah. reward? What's, how, it's not, I'm not a machine, I don't know. I only do anything so I can get to the end and have some time off. Well, I just, I've also sort of emotionally invested a lot of time with these people mm. and I've just had to put them to one side and I can't get their voices no. out of my head like that. You've got to kind of, you know, they're like almost like living ghosts, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I've got, got to, to let them, them have their passage. Go, go now. Uh, I've just spotted What a Car That by Jonathan Coe. Yes. Dangerous territory. Don't know how you'll feel about this because that is sort of just in something about tone and the way it made me feel. That's what The Inheritance reminded me of. Well, oddly enough, that's my least favourite Coe book. Oh. Not that I've read them all. This is why you shouldn't compare writers to other writers. It always goes badly. I don't mind being compared to Jonathan (laughs) Coe. Uh, Jeff really loved that. That was another of our nighttime sharers. Um, I preferred... His most recent book, Middle England, mm. is just a brilliant look at England through a really kind of wise eye and how we got to Brexit. I think it should be required reading up and down the country for absolutely everybody, Brexiteer or Remainer. I think it's a marvellously clever book. I really do. A book I really loved in a similar vein that you might like is um, This Green and Pleasant Land by Aisha Malik. I, don't I have come heard across of this. That, yes. But it's that similar sort. It's all about um, what happens when a um, very, very, very anglicised Asian man who lives with his family in a sweet little village, I think in Dorset, um, and they're very much kind of a part of the community. His mother's dying wish is that he build a mosque there, and he doesn't really want to, but he feels too guilty not to. Yeah. And when that happens, he discovers all the sort of the friendships and relationships he thought he could rely on. Everything turns a bit sour and goes a bit weird and discovers everyone's... Because not one of them. Yeah, that sort of Brexitiness that yeah, lurks yeah, on the yeah. surface. But then there's other really surprising sweetnesses and people, the worst people, unexpectedly, yeah, people yeah. bringing out the best of them. But it's very smart and kind of gentle but biting. Okay, okay, really well... Oh, there's so many good books. So many so, books. There really is so oh, many good books. Is, oh, the line of beauty. That's probably that's one of my favourite books ever. Um, I had a very bad sort of depression a few months ago, and um, that saw me through. That absolutely, I think it's fantastically written. I think it's probably the only Booker Prize winner that I've managed to get through. Oh, I quite like Milkman. Um, oh, I haven't read that. It's with my ears. <laughs> but this is so. I just think there's a real kind of expansiveness yeah, of it. It's, and I can it's really big. See. And again, push people behaving badly. Yeah, really. But it's on, it's so grown up. It's so, mm. it's just, you know, it's, yeah, I think that was, um, Daisy Jones and the Six, I, I would not like to read that as a book, but as an audio, it is fantastic because it's a production. Um, because it, I think it would probably make quite a silly book, and that sounds awful because I think it's great, and I think it's one of the books of the summer, and I think it's one of those must-reads, and it's fashionable and all that kind of thing. I mean, you know, we all know it's a kind of fictional Fleetwood Mackie mm. kind of thing, but Audible's kind of changing in the way that I think in the old days people just used to read the mm. books. Maybe you, they'd put on a different voice. I'm Daisy! Oh, I'm the man. 
Well, this is cast. This has got a full cast of people. So, you know, Daisy Jones is played by one actress. I think she's quite famous as well. You see, the, yeah, narrated by Sarah Arrington, Jennifer Beals, Arthur Bishop, etc., etc. There's a full cast. It's properly produced. It sounds not like a play, but creeping towards... Yeah. With sound effects and well, not quite sound effects. You know, car doors aren't smacking and all that kind of thing, but it's it, it is it's wonderful. As a, I can see how it really lend itself. Yeah, because I I liked reading it. There's even a bonus track at the end. Oh, the music yeah. from the. Oh, I might have to listen. Yeah, I tell you honestly, well. it's it's knocked. A, a, Jeff and I absolutely adored that because I did the audible of my own book um, because. I needed the money. And I got this terrible sort of stab of envy when they said, oh, we're thinking about asking Tamsin Gregg. And she's brilliant, Tamsin Gregg. But I thought, no, sorry, I want to do this. And um, it's also 1,200 quid, which I could do with. <laughs> and um, it's long. I was three days in there, solid, though. I mean, it's because Inheritance is a big, fat book. And, uh, and then I got there, and, of course, she goes, so you're comfortable with all the accents? And I suddenly thought, what accents? There's not many accents in this, is there? And then I realised, of course, there's Peggy, who's the American heiress. Mm. Um, so I, there's American. There's Brenda, the Cornish um, housekeeper, so there's Cornish. And then the, suddenly all these sort of smaller B characters creep out of the woodwork. And I was thinking, oh, God. Um, but we eventually, we eventually got it. We did have to have a few tries with the American. So are you thinking that for your next book, it's going to be sort of people who've grown up in a bunker, all speaking oh, exactly, exactly the same? The same. But, I mean, I'd love to eventually write something where, you know, if not cast, but I do think that is the direction things mm. could be going in. more bigger, aren't they? They are. Mm. There's more, you know, people are doing... Audible is, is booming, which is fantastic. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. We'll be back to Jenny soon, but now it's time for my Steal of the Week, a book so hot that the Jenner sisters would bring out a Swarovski-studded limited edition version of it, if such a thing were possible. 
This week, it's Paul Takes the Form of a Mortal Girl by Andrea Lawler, published by Picador. Paul is a polysexual shapeshifter who sometimes becomes poly, falling in and out of love in the early 90s, chasing physical and spiritual fulfilment while making liberal use of other people's wardrobes and cash registers. This reminds me a little bit of Sarah Shulman and Armistead Mopan, but it really is like nothing I've ever read. It's funny and strange and playful at a time when there is a lot of anxiety and fury connected with public conversations around gender and identity. This makes the reader ask questions in a sweet, gentle and considered way. This book has a celebration of queerness at its core. That's Paul Takes the Form of a Mortal Girl, published by Picador. Now, back to Jenny. See, I'm, I have no nerd in me at all. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Actually, n- the opposite, and no, and not sensible, and not very well behaved, and uh, and the more people I meet along the way, and the more I do my podcast and have guests on, I realise I was a nightmare for the lack of just lack of caring about anybody, just no conscience. But then terrible guilt, my own conscience, but absolutely, yeah, I'm just a very badly behaved person. But that does sound like great fun. I wanted to ask, but did you, when your daughter was growing up, did you read her stories? No, or did she? I was out at night. So. As she learned to read pretty quickly. I was, when Phoebe was a small girl, she was born in 89, and that sort of coincided with me. Real, I was only 28, near 29. And I realised that babies were very, very boring. <laughs> and I was desperate to get back to my career. And it was a real kind of watershed moment of thinking, oh, God, I thought I really wanted a baby. Now I've got one. I really want to be a stand-up. So uh, same dilemma I have now between stand-up and writing. And um, I'm very lucky with Jeff. Jeff is a very good father. And he would basically... I, I, paid for a, a nanny or childcare during the day. Then he'd come home from... He was the art director of the TV Times. He'd get home and take over the baby. You know, and it worked, but I couldn't have had more than one. So, yeah, I mean, Phoebe was read to by her father. Um, me, a bit. But I was always one eye on the clock and always going off to gig. And then Vanessa, her nanny. So you were sort of... So, oh, maybe... Um... So Goldilocks has um, finished a porridge, but the bears aren't going to get home. That's her done. <laughs> She's uh, off out. Yeah, but except I, I, she had, she had very modern books, and then she just became a voracious reader herself. You know, she ended up doing English at Oxford, so she was you know a, the, a child of Harry Potter. Harry Potter coincided with her seventh birthday, I think. So that was you know. I think she got about eight copies of Harry Potter for her seventh birthday. Um, I hope you kept them all somewhere special. I, I hope there is, there are a few. And then Jacqueline Wilson, of course, you know, and there, she could be left. She was a very typical lonely child. Um, sorry, I lived there very near King's College Hospital. I sat that was an ambulance. A rather needy one, yeah. Yes, they make some very strange the noises. Very yeah, well. yeah. Oh, farewell, my lovely, narrated by Ray Porter. I've just really barely dabbled in the audiobook pool and this is making me think you know there's so much here but, yeah, well it this is a, a couple of years worth of books it's very difficult because i i felt when you were coming around i thought oh god she's going to think that i'm sort of totally a non-reader uh, i mean we'll have a little wander around and so but as you can see i live in a very modern house um and it's it's not small but it's not big and it hasn't got alcoves you know it's not a victorian house with a mantelpiece and an alcove on either side 
and, and Jeff's a bit selfish. I mean, you know, he has this huge collection of art books which are on just about every available space. Even if you go in downstairs bathroom, there must be several thousand. So right now, we're sat on the sofa and I can see a table and it's piled so high with beautiful art books. You can't really see... I can only just see that it is a table. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's probably about 50 there. I mean, we have more coffee table books than most people would have in a lifetime. You know, he does sell... He sells mid-20th century prints, um, you know, www. No, www.20thcenturyprints.com. Um, so there's lots of architecture books as well because he spent a, a long time as a designer doing up other people's houses. He's a... Um, well, he was an art director at the TV Times, made redundant at 52 and built, built this house. So, I mean, obviously with an architect, but he did the inside. Any Victorian house, you know, that he can smash the back off and put a glass box on, he's done. Has he ever been on Grand Designs? No, this uh, house won a Mansa medal. Kevin's, Kevin has been here. Um, because of doing the uh, Channel 4 House of the Year and all Kevin. that. Kevin. You're on very casual first name terms with Kevin. Kevin. <gasps> no, what kind of car? It's just a crappy old Mercedes. Crappy old Mercedes. I mean, I've never spent more than two and a half grand on a car. I think it was something he used it on because uh, he has a place in the country. I think it was something that, you know, he just sort of used... Anyway, bought a car off him, but it got vandalised and... Uh, uh, and, uh, oh, no, to... that's not the one that just got... No, that, and that, we've lost loads of cars. Oh, we've lost about eight cars. It's a London tax, isn't it? Yeah, uh, so as you can see, lot, uh, but I can take, t- take you around some shelves if you'd like. Oh, yes, please. Right. Let's do that. I'm going to give you... I think we've got to the very top. Yes. A lot of things have um, migrated. So we'll take, there's a small bookcase here. I've, this is really good for us because I'm, really, I'm realising how much space Jeff owes me. <laughs> uh, so, again, most of so this bookshelf is um, his. There's a few copies of mine, though, which is a bit sort of... I think I've got some things in foreign languages. Um, I don't even know which book this one is. Cause, uh, is that French? That looks like French to me. The, the Secrets of, of a Desperate Woman? Yeah, you see, I haven't ever written a book called <laughs> The Secrets of a Desperate Woman. I think, it, I think it might be moving. I've really no idea, but it didn't work. The title moving didn't work in French or whatever, so they retitled it. So, yeah, there's, there's... Do you know what's the most unexpected language you've been translated into? Is there any particular deal where you're like, oh, now I, I can... Polish um, surprised me, and it made it really, really long as well. It was huge. I think they had to do a bit of an edit, otherwise it was going to be sort of 1,000 pages long. This, this, one of my favourite artists here is a guy called George Shaw, uh, where he paints in umbral paint, oh. um, which is, you know, the Airfix model paint, wow. but they're big pictures, and it's just sort of very urban, very suburban, very bit of a, a look at a desolate, slightly... Uh, you know, lots of um, council houses and bus stops and things like that. And it's, 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 it's so clever. He's, that's, um, so, yeah, mostly, um, mostly art books again. I yeah. can see Adrian Mole down there as well. Oh, well, that's, I think that's a, a, a family favourite of us all. I think, you know, the three of us are, are Mole fans. You can't not be. Um, the 30th anniversary ah, edition. I do love that colour. I think we've probably got that the um, that first one. 
It's the age 13 and three quarters. Oh, is that the one that might have my favourite bit about the, the red socks and wearing them secretly over under other socks and then finding that... Um, I just pick, I picked it up How old are you? I'm 34. Yes, you see, it's, um, it's not gone yet. Mine's got massive great holes in it like a cheese. Um, no, I cheated because it's. I've read that relatively recently. I'm not remembering it from the first time I read it when I was probably 30. I do. I'm, I'm rereading um, Love Nina at the moment because I was craving a bit of a comfort read. Do you reread or are no, you one, one I and don't. done? I don't reread. I wonder if that's a bit different for audiobooks. No, well, remember, I, you know, I, I have have a, I do have a history of non-audio mm. books as well. These are all our wallpaper uh, city guide books. I like a city break, but. They're very fashionable, these wallpaper city mm. things. They're totally useless. <laughs> um, the trouble is, as well, you sort of have to collect them all. It's like Happy Meals for grown-ups. They only look good if you've got yeah, every single got one. the whole thing, yes. And they're monstrously unreliable, and they can sue me for that. Like, you know, <laughs> a great deal of uh, mid- got any money. <laughs> middle-aged women will have more than two recipe books. But this basically shows... It's not my entire collection, but... Uh, Probably your mother has... How many recipe books do you think your mother has? More than two. More than two. Yeah. I think I've got a few more up here, but they're totally out of reach. So uh, there's not... I've got about six up there. In terms of how many does my mum use? Probably not more than two. Yeah, there you go. I only use the Jane Roller for five recipes. Five ingredients. What's the maddest thing you've bought having a go at an Ottolenghi? I've never, I, I just look at it, and by the time I get to the end of the ingredient list, I have to go and lie down. <laughs> and that's Ottolenghi simple. I haven't attempted a single one of them. There is no nearly full sticky pomegranate, pomegranate? pomegranate molasses <laughs> yeah. from 2015 around yeah. the place. So there are always books sort of on the stairs and things like that. And so I like this. I'm going to have a little peek to see what I get. Ah, I've got Barbara Kingsolver, the lacuna, and uh, what appears to be five good parenting. Oh, well, I do get sent stuff as well. This is one uh, that uh, I really want to read that I was sent. I'm a big fan of Jill Dawson. I think she's really good. The Language oh, of Birds. I don't know her, but that looks great. Oh, well, she, she, was, uh, she wrote a book some years ago that did really well called Fragnidi, which was based on a, a true life case of uh, a murder of a woman and her lover killing the husband. Uh, right, so... Um, I was this... going to say, do you like a murder? That sounds wrong. Do I you... like, I do like a murder to a certain extent, but I don't like gore. Uh, and this is my study, and there's not much I have to say. This is really, really bad. It looks like I don't read at all. Oh, no, there's loads in here. Is that you in Polish? Yeah, what's, probably. What's... Um... I I think that might... might, No, that's definitely not, because I speak German. Um, Oh, I'm looking at the wrong one, I think. Blue underneath. Oh, the Deliber, the... I can't can't see, it's too high up for me. Uh, Uns bleibt, the um, loves we left, but we have remained, or the love that still remains, something like that. Uh, Alice Munro short stories. Uh, My my daughter has a a play in this National Theatre Connections... Uh, collection. Oh, cool. Was she, it, um, Phoebe or Claire Powell, there we go. And it's for schools. They um, they do it every couple of years. Oh, so did, did it get toured around? Yeah, yeah. Behind? Well, basically, they, they commissioned about eight young writers to write uh, pieces for schools, and uh, the schools choose which they want to do. So hers was a climate change. It was called These Bridges. It's about uh, when the Thames Barrier floods and all the kids from North London come over to South London because they've heard it's better and there's still Wi-Fi over here. 
Um, and they'll meet in the middle and there's a big chorus of drowned commuters. She's clever. That does sound like a play we all need to see. Yes, yeah. It was, you know, it was just great for schools. I mean, uh, there's nothing very exciting. I see here. more Oops, city sorry. guides. Are they wallpaper ones as well, or different ones? Yes, no, they're more useless wallpaper guides that send you off to fashionable bars that closed six months ago. Oh, there's my first book. This is the book of bad behaviour. Oh, brilliant. <gasps> Look at this you. Is... Look at that gorgeous picture. Oh, and you've got parental advisory, that very sought after. Yeah, yeah. So this find is, my I, listening tastes. I wrote teenager. this when I was about your age, you see, and I just thought that um, I was the cleverest oh, person. Slag lingerie. All my pants are now crotchless due to the gussets having rotted away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, um, you know, it's sort of is a quiet taste, that one. Then there's a few sort of nature things, like I, I, uh, looking after birds. I don't really want a bird. That'd be awful to keep birds. But uh, I've got very interested in wildflowers. There's a book on wildflowers there. And I and, and annuals and biennials and garden birds and trees, uh, pocket birds. I want to be able to recognise things better. I think so is that, do they come into the garden? Do you have any regular visitors? We, we have, honestly, you wouldn't know that this was south-east London. This is a menagerie. There's a lot of wildlife. It's teeming. It's teeming with stuff. So we're going to go through... We'll go upstairs, actually, because that's where... Well, we're on the way up. Yeah. I was going to ask, I saw your... Because um, I saw, And I know you talked about writing with people before. Yeah, Grumpy Old Couples was a book I wrote with um, Judith Holder. Judith Holder was the producer of the Grumpy TV series and then um, we wrote all the Grumpy live TV shows which were kind of madly successful and went round the world and you know ended up in Australia and um, one was translated into Icelandic. And oh, we, wow. Yeah I know we were in Iceland watching Icelandic women doing it it was great. It was amazing. That was there was a few things where you look back and go actually no that was amazing. Because I think it would have sort of felt like a dream or something. Was that that really yeah, happened. Yeah, it, was, it was. It, that was outrageous. That was one of those very rare things where you go, "Oh no, this is fantastic!" Um, and Judith and I do the podcast older and wider together. Yeah. What's it like writing with someone else? Is well, it? What are the fun bits? And what are the hard bits? I always did it with Julie Ballou as well. When earlier on with the a, lot, a bit of radio drama, mm. I very seldom write with somebody in the room. What happens is. You write a bit, I write a bit, and then I'm a bit of a control freak. I tend to do the marrying, what I call... I think it's meant to be editing, but I call, <laughs> we call it the marrying, so we marry two bits together. And then there's a basic golden rule, is that if she doesn't like what I've done, she's allowed to take bits out and put bits in. And then, there, you know, there's not got to be too much argument. With Judith and I writing together with Grumpy Old Women, it was definitely, you know, she'd write a chunk, I'd write a chunk, then I'd sort of... Uh, marry the chunks together and then it would go to the rehearsal room and whatever worked stayed in you know it's much easier if there's some performers on stage and you're listening in a rehearsal room and if it doesn't make you laugh it's out it's quite easy to be brutal I suppose I mean I don't know whether you know having you know being a, a writer and a performer makes it easy to kind of kill your darlings as it were that you could sort of it's having an ear for it rather than thinking, but my beautiful sentence. There's not much in here, actually. Let's take you upstairs because, as I say, that's where, you know, most of things end up. I love this fabulous, shiny, shiny wallpaper. Yeah, it's quite I mean, everything's... Yeah, this is Jeff. Hello. Hello, Hello again. Hello. <laughs> They're mostly battleships. 
<laughs> yes, I know. There's a, there's a lot of war history, <gasps> lots of battleships as oh well. Oh my goodness, look at this. I don't know if you can. Oh, wow. Yes, I know. Oh, there's a massive redecoration. Uh, this is Phoebe's lair. I mean, you know, she's she's 30. It's time all this was cleared out. And Jeff and I had a studio up here, but she does come back. So <gasps> I'm so jealous in this room. That is a. It's like what you'd have in I don't know a, a gift shop or a museum like. This is for, you know, magazines or pamphlets or souvenirs oh, or something. A, a, a rotating, yes, magazine yeah. rack, which we found on a road in Peckham. It actually smells. So, I mean, there's a mixture of Phoebe's stuff and my stuff up here. So things that she's borrowed from me. Uh, mm. But then there's a, a mixture of her college stuff, you so know, the... Masses and masses of drama here. A huge amount of, yeah, and um, poetry. I love that you've got um, Angela Carter is on top of um, I'm Alan Partridge. <laughs> Yeah, Phoebe's a huge Partridge fan and a, and a huge Angela Carter fan. I mean, if there were two things that summed her up, it is those two things. Ah, it is a, a mix of. This is a great book by uh, another female stand-up that I don't think probably got the attention or, or plaudits it deserved. And that's Nina is Not OK by Shappy Sandy, which is a great book. It really is. It's a super book about being out of control. I mean, I really do recommend it. And I think it's required reading for any sort of 17-year-olds. It's it's so kind and it's so understanding and it's so, you know, some somebody like myself who's, you know, borderline addict with everything. It really I kind of broke my heart. I think it's I think it's marvelous. I've heard so many good things about that book and this is the push I need. I am actually going to read it now. I really would. I mean, it won't take you long. It's it's you know, it's, it's not That's hard. That's my favourite whenever anyone says that. <laughs> a couple of days, afternoon. Yeah, yeah, so there's a big pile there and then there's this pile. Yeah, I mean, this is ludicrous. I suppose this is where the books that I don't want to throw away have ended up. You know, there's a bit of Martin Amos there. I'm not sure really how I feel about him. Irving Welsh, Esther Freud, um, Andrea Levy. What is it about Martin Amos? Because I think I'm the same, where... When I was younger, I used to like Martin Amos, I think, to make boys fancy me. And now I'm like, hmm, yeah, not... Gone off him a bit. I just think that... Um, I think that... Never worked, by the way. Ne- what didn't? Like, reading Martin Amos made no, no one no, fancy me. No. I think that the press has changed a bit. It's breaking down slightly. I think that there was so much snobbery in the past I really do I think then unless you were blue blood literati you didn't I mean it's still hard mm. and I, I still get quite resentful but I think they are getting better I do think they are shining a light on a, a more diverse amount of authors yeah, there's quite a bit of Agatha Christie I think Phoebe likes a big, bit of Agatha Ooh, Christie I like that crime club edition there yeah it's, it's great isn't it really proper brown, brown paper brown cover. cover yeah yeah a little bit of Evelyn War did that at school um, oh, Visit from the Goon Squad, I love. I think Jennifer Egan's really good. I uh, read her last one as well. I mean, she's incredible at choosing subjects that you wouldn't go near naturally. Her last one was about being a, a female deep-sea diver. Uh, like, you know, one of those ones with the big helmets on. Mm. Uh, I mean, it was mad. It was like, how do you even know how to yeah. start? You see, I hear that and I just think, well, that's many hard. years of research. <laughs> Ooh, like I don't want to do the research. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I do give most of the books away. But I mean, if I was stuck for stuff, I'd come up here. But I'm never stuck for stuff. Is that a book called Bonk? Or Honk? I should think it's Bonk. 
can't, where is it's that? It's blue, Mary Roach, just here. I don't know that, that's one of hers. Have you read Wetlands? That's filthy. Oh yes, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I remember when it's that kind of came disgusting. out. It's a real sort of. She cannot stop shoving things up her vagina, basically. <laughs> until isn't she in hospital and she's kind of putting a chair leg up this there or something? Rings a vague, vague yeah, bell. Yeah. She kind of. Oh no, it's sore. It's a very sore book. Mm. Yeah. Have you read um, when I read quite recently? Uh, la, 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 la. What's her name? It's translated. She wrote um, Lullaby, oh, Layla Smiley. Uh, yes, uh, Adele. I, I know, but I have read Lullaby, which I really enjoyed the beginning of, and then I thought it went off. I thought the beginning was great. I didn't read Lullaby, but what I liked about... Um, oh, God, sorry. Don't um, worry. Is that... A, oh, I, saw, I thought for a second that was a Harry Potter box, but I think it's just... No, it's an ancient... German <laughs> design. Uh, yes, it's a, be a gingerbread box or something, oh. or Christmas cookies. That's the trouble now, isn't it? You see a you know lovely, romantic, beautifully lit, medievally building, and you think, oh, it's Hogwarts. <laughs> but, I like her though. I didn't think that I would like J.K. Rowling as a sort of the, the Robert Galbraith, but the the Lethal White, which is her last one on Audible, it's thirty six hours long. It's fantastic. Oh, really? Yeah. If I mean, if you've got the longest car journeys in the world going on, I that'll see you through. There's loads of things I recommend. I used to love Faye Weldon. I think that for me, as a 20-something, Faye Weldon was a huge influence. I don't know if you agree or not, but I feel as though she was so fashionable and I think she's really due a bit of a renaissance. Hey. Yeah. I don't mean some people might say she never went away, but I don't know that she is... I think she deserves a, a second look or a third look. I think it would be nice for all her books or a collection of them to be republished with fabulous covers mm. as a collection. That's, you know, sold in girl posh bookshops. Yeah, you could do some intros. Yes, I'd, I'll do some intros. I mean, I think that sort of her, Jilly Cooper, are probably my, uh, and a bit of Penny Vincenzi oh, thrown in. Really, Penny Vincenzi, I love that sort of genre that, the, it's the boardroom bonk buster yeah. in the business. But, you know, I'm yeah. in a, a Jilly Cooper book club oh. that is dedicated <laughs> to, because we are such super fans. And I um, read and reread her fairly frequently. Again, I just had a bit of a comfort reread of The Man Who Made Husbands Jealous. But was she a, oh, a sort of teen? definitely an influence on me, yes. And uh, I met her recently because she was at the oh, Comedy Women in Print awards and you know being absolutely hilarious she did a hilarious little speech and told a fabulously filthy joke and was very very funny but apparently she's a brexiteer but anyway we've got to let that go it doesn't matter she's a bit, yeah she's not keen on feminists <laughs> I, it's just a, it's a it's kind of the feminists who so like you will hear their leg hair before you see them <laughs> yeah but she is really she she doesn't understand what she is really yeah you know, it's like it's like frustrating. It's like my mother saying because she's nineteen, started talking rubbish and saying the trouble with all these female politicians, they're so strident. And I'm going, of course, you're fucking strident. They're trying to be fucking heard. You know, bit of Jonathan Franzen there. Um, I have never. I think I've ever finished a Jonathan no, Franzen for shame. Neither have I, so that makes two of us. I'm really, really glad I didn't yeah. pretend that, oh, yes, Jonathan Franz. No, no, it. I've really, I've tried to get in that, into that about three it, times. Isn't that maddening, though, isn't it? Because I feel like Jilly, for all her Brexitiness, has taught me so much about life and love and people and emotions and yeah. the multifaceted, all of the oh, things about Jonathan being human. Franzen Jonathan Franzen? Yeah, it leaves you a bit cold. It's all over complicated, but, you know, this is... 
if you write popular fiction, I mean, Marion Keyes is very good on all this. Mm. If you write popular fiction as a woman, you, you are dismissed to a certain extent. Or, or, or a few people are picked as being the chosen ones. Yeah. And then the rest of us are sort of left to go, why isn't my book in Waterstones? Is there anything else you need to see? Was there any... I, th I thought you mentioned downstairs... Downstairs toilet books. Oh, yeah, yeah, but they are all... I'm always keen on toilet books. Always just trying to get in people's toilets. They never want us to go. I don't know why. That's oh, all. these are crackers I see in vast, vast um, Lucy and Freud book. Vanity Fair's Hollywood. That sounds... Fancy that. Stanley um, Spencer. I like Stanley Spencer. Uh, Alexander Calder, um, who invented the mobile. Lucy and Freud. I mean, you can't go wrong with a bit of Lucy and Freud. Edward Hopper. I mean, basically, whenever Jeff goes to a an exhibition, if he likes it, he will always buy the book. What's that picture above the books? Oh, that's one of mine. Did you paint that? Yeah, it's one oh, of my wow. acrylics. Oh, that's fabulous. How do you like it? I was going to sort of, I was thinking that's a, a contemporary artist, I should know. No. It's beautiful, I love those colours. Well, the colours are very David Hockney, aren't they? That blue mm. is very, a uh, very Hockney blue. Yeah. But that was the colour of the, the Moroccan sky. No, we went on a painting holiday. Yeah, that's one that Jeff approved of. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine he sets the bar high. Oh, he set, sets the bar very high. There's, most of it has to be hidden away. Huge thanks to Jenny. Follow her at Jenny Eclair, all one word, on Twitter. Run to your bookshop and buy Inheritance Now. It will delight and infuriate you and stay in your head. I'm looking at the book at the moment and my shoulders almost disappear inside my ears when I read the name Peggy Carmichael because it makes me so tense. Find out why. I'm Daisy Buchanan and I've been your book inspector. Thank you so much for joining me, library lovers. You can find me on Twitter at NotRollerGirl and on Instagram at the Daisy B. Say hello, suggest some guests and watch out for shelfies. Visit our show page, acast.com slash booked for more information about our guests and a list of the books they've talked about. If you have any other queries about the podcast, you can email us at whybooked at gmail.com. Your Booked is produced by Dale Shaw for New Alaska and hosted by Acast. Please do subscribe, rate us and leave a review. It's great to hear what you think and it helps other people to find the podcast. For now, I leave you with these words from Bukowski. I often carry things to read so I will not have to look at people. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.